Hi everyone, welcome to the Blue Ridge Church of Christ podcast. My name is Phil Bruns. Thank you so much for taking time from your day to be with us. You know, we're in the middle of our summer growing season, and today we're going to talk about growing a spiritual vision. So stay tuned with us. It's coming right up. Psalm 126, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Title of the lesson today is Growing a Spiritual Vision. And what an incredible psalm to read and to dwell in and dwell on to think about this moment as the captives, the Israelites who had been uh, subject to uh, captivity for years and years and years were now able to uh, finally be able to freely worship together. When they were in their captivity, they were under the rule of someone else. They were not able to freely go or worship or make their sacrifices. It's reasonable to think that many of those that uh, had stuck around had come back and had maybe said these very words we read in Psalm 126 that many of their friends had given up. We get some insights a little bit into this uh, with Daniel when he is pretty much kidnapped from his family and put in service of King Nebuchadnezzar to learn the ways of the Babylonians. They were trying to brainwash him. It was a horrible time for many of them if you tried to remain faithful to God. may have been tempted with thoughts of hard to think if even God exists because it's so bad. And why did it need to be so difficult? And does he still love us, etc.? These thoughts may have plagued some of these people that had been in captivity. So it makes sense then that when they came together, that they saw it as God restoring their fortunes of Zion. They were like those who dreamed. In other versions, it says that God brought back the captives from Zion. They were singing. They were laughing. They were shouting. They told each other of all the great things that God had done for them. It's almost as the memories of the badness had been erased. Their view of being together again, the joy that they had, where they could come together and worship to God. They could come together and make sacrifices to God, where they could be together as one as God's people. They saw these as fortune. It was gold to them. It was riches. It was priceless for good measure, to maybe bring it to life a little bit. A couple analogies. They talked about dry dry streams where everything is dead. There wasn't any water. The plants had died. But those same streams had now had water. And things were coming to life. They were sowing seeds in tears because the land was barren. But harvesting with joy because of an incredible harvest. Those analogies bringing to life how they felt. Their joy came from a direct relationship of the memory that they had, remembering back to the contrast. When it was bad, 
when they were in captivity, but now out of captivity, they were joyful because it wasn't so bad anymore. With their joy came a vision for an incredible future. For us, I was challenged by this. I was challenged when I read this psalm and thinking about myself and thinking about, goodness, is it, does this describe me? Does the memories of what God has done for me create my life to look like that? I used to watch a TV show back in the 70s called Mork and Mindy. Mork was this alien who lived with this earthling named Mindy. But during the show, he would discover different things about humanity, and at the end of the show, he would tune himself in to be able to talk to his leader back from his planet, and he would report in what he had learned about humans. So in that spirit, if an alien came from another planet and came and saw you or saw me, would they say that, oh my goodness, this is a person who dreams. If an alien was reporting back to their leader, would they report back that these people are so glad to be together? Would it report about that, that they were so glad to be saved by Jesus? That they were laughing and joyful? Would that be what his report would be of you and of me? That's what challenged me. I mean, listen, if we want to have a dream and have a vision for ourselves, each other, the church, they need to be grounded in the blessings of God and what God has done for you. We forget things too easily sometimes. You know, we got to remember that our streams were dry at one point. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you are saved relationship with Jesus today. Remember back to those days prior to that. Being separated from God, being in an unsaved situation, but maybe not even knowing it. Life might have been okay or it might have been really bad. We all have different walks and different stories to tell. But regardless if life was okay or if it was horrible prior to becoming a Christian, a say in a saved relationship having that unforgiven uh, wall of sin standing between you and your maker was a bad thing. I'm reminded out of a psalm of, of, of how important it is to remember those times, remember what it was like before your relationship with Jesus. Psalm 103, bless the Lord my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord my soul and do not forget any of his benefits. Who pardons all your guilt? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with favor and compassion? Who satisfies your years and good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle? Or how about Psalm 105? Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonders. Boast in his holy name. May the heart of those who seek the Lord be joyful. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wonders which he has done, his marvels and the judgment spoken by his mouth. 
you descendants of Abraham, his servant, you sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. We've got to remember what God has done for us and remember of where we were prior to that relationship with his son. But even in doing that, if you're like me, sometimes we just get comfortable with that. We get comfortable with, with it becomes old news and it doesn't, it loses its specialness. We know that God did great things. We know that God is good, but after a while, they don't mean as much. And I've noticed for myself that it doesn't mean as much, especially when I don't share with others about what God has done for me. When we forget about what God has done for us, we can find ourselves living the same way as we did before. Going, sometimes going all the way back to our sinful nature. It can lose the joy, the gratefulness that can only come from God and our sense of response or motivation to living for God can start to fade. If you'd like to grow a spiritual vision for you, for your family, for your church, etc., let's talk about restoring our fortunes. Remember where you came from and what God has done for you. Remember the cross of Jesus and how good it is when you first understood its meaning for you. Remember the cross of Jesus and knowing that it was your sins that in fact nailed him to the cross. And let that be a catapult. Let God's love be this, this catapult for you for greater things ahead. And be a person that is filled with laughter and joy because of what God has done for you. My second thought is actually to double check whose vision you are growing. You know, it's easy in a, in a me world to grow our vision. After all, I can get excited about growing my vision for my life, my family, my church. I, my, I can have my thoughts and goals and dreams. We even like to share, well, here's my vision. Sometimes get rewarded and people get lifted up for being such great visionaries of their, of their, of their own rights. Uh, you, like me, we've probably have relied a bit on ourselves too much at times in the past. And sometimes even in a church, it can become a little bit uh, people idea heavy. People have the great ideas and, and, and try to put forth uh, those ideas more reliant on ourselves than we are actually on our creator. I think it's important to look at some biblical people that you're probably familiar with and note in these stories, in these moments, who actually the visionary is. I think about Genesis chapter 12, and Abraham says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be best. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with them. Who was the visionary in that story? It wasn't Lot, and it wasn't Abram. It was, in fact, the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look 
on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on an outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Samuel in search uh, from the direction of God to find a, a new king for the Israelites. It was God's vision. It was the Lord's vision, not Samuel's. In fact, the Lord had to a bit correct Samuel on his vision because it wasn't in line with what God preferred. I think we should also take a look at a couple interactions of people that people had with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting nets into sea. For they were fishermen, and he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. In these moments, as Jesus was reaching out to these men to, to be followers of him, it was Jesus that said that I am going to make you a fisher of men. Jesus was the one with the vision. They were obedient to Jesus' vision, not to their own. And we see it again in Matthew chapter 9. As Jesus pressed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. Jesus again calling Matthew to follow him and giving Matthew as well as his other disciples in the moment a vision of what his vision was. Sitting there at a dinner table with people that were known as tax collectors and sinners. Nobody ever had these people over for dinner. Nobody had, uh, oh honey, we're going to have the tax collectors and sinners over for dinner tonight. That never happened. Jesus came and it was going to be different. He gave them a vision of what his teaching was going to bring. And of course in Matthew chapter 28, a very familiar scripture to many, says now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus giving his disciples in his last moments here on earth a vision to go not just next door to reach out to your friends, a vision to go into the whole world after just a few years of being with them. What an incredible vision he had for those men and those women that stood before him that day. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. If you're going to grow a vision for you during this summer growing season, it's much better if you make it God's vision for you. In fact, that's God's design. 
the vision for your family, your children, your church, it's much better if your vision is in line with God's vision for you. As Jesus called his disciples, as we just read, he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He showed his disciples what that meant with the dinner, with the sinners and the tax collectors. You know, part of our vision should be uh, in community with other people, whether they're uh, uh, people in our church or not. We should be with people that, that no one's going to have over for dinner. And then the ultimate vision of sending out his disciples to go to the whole world. My goodness, what an incredible, incredible vision it was. You know, and being a Jesus follower, there are so many great things about that. I made the choice a long time ago to, to follow Jesus and to do what I could. And sometimes I did really well with it, and sometimes I didn't do so well with it. But I never stopped, and I still don't today. And I say that because you might find yourself in a bit of a, a dry stream spiritually, or just kind of coming out with, without a higher purpose. Even if you're feeling good or feeling great but don't feel like growing, you know, there is a, a part of your life that's not aligned with God's vision for you. When we find ourselves stuck, when we find ourselves not wishing to grow or consciously thinking about that, I think we're misaligned with God's vision for you. And when that happens, you know, our, 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 the pieces of our life don't fit together spiritually. You feel a bit off, and if you're like me, it's when you start to swirl a bit and negative feelings is when all those, those pieces are not in a line. I want to encourage you to take a moment to dwell in Jesus and the vision he offered his disciples then and the vision he offers his followers now. What are the pieces missing out of that for you? Do you know? Have you thought about that? Where can you grow in your vision that God has for you? Maybe it's just simply getting into God's word more and more. Maybe it's studying the Bible for really, really for the first time. Or studying and getting deeper into God's work. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it is... Uh, helping a, a helping a, a friend to find Jesus, helping a friend to encourage them, or maybe it's something else. But take some time to dwell in Jesus. Think about His vision He offered His disciples, and the vision He now offers you, and align yourself with that. Let's grow in our spiritual vision. But don't make it your vision. Make it Jesus' vision for you, for your family, for your friends, and for all those around you. Again, think about what Jesus' vision is for you, and don't swirl in negativity. You don't have time for that. But get off your chair and decide what this week you can do that will be different. What can you do this week? to help you align your vision for yourself with that that God has for you. 
Because if we can do that, if we can align our vision with God's vision, then I think too we can be joyful men and women who dream. I hope that was helpful. And if you liked it, would like to hear more, please don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're in the Charlottesville, Virginia area, would like to stop in and visit us at a Sunday service, please send us a note or visit our website at blueridgedisciples.org for more information.